We're literally debating that it's bad that people get to say what they think. Can you imagine? I'm reading Psalm 144 and it says, He trains my hands for war. We are on the brink of total destruction of America as we know it. Let your rebel flag fly. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I am Scott Beeson. We appreciate you listening to the show. The Ladies of Liberty are here. Sky Rizzy, Sky Diggity is also with us. Big Dave Jeeves are running the program up in uh, the Birmingham area. And we appreciate everybody that does all that work. And we appreciate you listening to this program. And thank you so much for telling people about the show. I know it's different. There's all these rules about how you're supposed to do radio, how you're professional, how you do this. There's like a handbook or something. They never gave it to me. It was lost in the mail, along with probably my mail-in ballots. And um, so we just do the best we can the way we want. And then Allison brings her dog and then grooms it during the program. So... No worries. At least, I, at least I know I'm not allergic to Australian shepherds. He had some knots, so I just stuck just him in my chair and, and grabbed some scissors. Cutting them out. It was like That's a, right. a barber. And then every day, y'all are like, we want to do this live, and we want to broadcast it. <laughs> yeah, right. That'll work out <laughs> great. But we have a very, very, very special guest on, and I think y'all will definitely enjoy William Jacobson. Now, William, in case you don't know, he's a Cornell University law professor. Pretty Ooh. impressive. Founder of the conservative news blog, which I think a number of you would have heard of this before, Legal Insurrection. I just signed up for it. Recently, he has devoted much of his time to developing the Equal Protection Project, which is an offshoot of the Legal Insurrection that exists to weed out discrimination in education in corporate America. That's pretty good. Yeah. Now, the only thing that might be wrong with William is he's from Rhode Island. Well, you know, not everybody can be a Southerner, and his family's probably from there. William, welcome to the program. Thank you for uh, being a guest. We're really looking forward to it. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Well, one of the things, or what we wanted to ask you about is Alabama has been embroiled in one of these... um, I wouldn't say controversy. We've done the same thing that a number of states have done, and, and we made it illegal to give children puberty blockers. Um, We've made it illegal for doctors to do these um, mutilating surgeries on on children who who aren't sure about their gender or or what or where they are in the world and where they are in life. And and we're simply saying as a state, hey, we're not going to let people damage these children for life they can damage themselves when they want when they get to be adults. They want to spend their own money and, and hurt themselves, whatever. Okay, but we just won't let it happen to children. And then it goes to a, I guess it was a district court here in the state, and the judge lets part of it stand, puts part of it on hold, and then that gets appealed. And it looks like the, the 11th Circuit is agreeing with the state of Alabama. And we, and we really wanted you on to give us an, an expert's opinion. Because it's one thing when I talk about it and people say, well, Scott, you're, you're a geologist and a politician. And we know you. bring Give us an expert. So that's what you are, William, is our expert. Okay, well, I think you got it basically right. Uh, the part that went up to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, Federal 11th Circuit, uh, only concern puberty blockers and something called cross-sex hormones. Um, and basically, Alabama, I think very wisely, has said that for children, that you cannot give those life-altering 
irreversible in many, most cases uh, and very damaging medications to children for the purpose of dealing with gender identity issues. So if there is a medical necessity, and sometimes those drugs can be used for true medical conditions, it's unusual, it's rare, but it happens. So if you have a medical condition that requires those, they can still be given in Alabama. You can't give them because you have a confused nine-year-old who is unsure of what they consider themselves. And that's what it is. So I think it's a very reasonable child protective issue that, you know, we don't allow all different forms of child abuse and we don't allow it physical beatings. We don't allow surgeries. That was not up on appeal. That was not contested. And we don't allow these horrific drugs that have life altering implications to children. And so, so the state has a legitimate interest in that. And it was upheld by the Court of Appeals. So, so what happened with the district, I guess it's the district court, the federal judge here in the state of Alabama, because it's coming back, back to me now. I think it was a he, I don't know, you never know, whatever, these days, um, said, yeah, look, I'll, I'll agree with the state, you can't do these surgeries, what we call the chop shops um, on this program, you can't do that, but... I guess he he bought into the argument that hey look there is some uh, some doctors are saying you definitely need these these drugs are okay so he let the he allowed for the administration of the drugs to continue on and that's what the state was appealing to the, to the higher court is that is that how it worked Yeah that's how it works and so it, what the the judge below found that because there were numerous medical authorities who were in favor of this that it really was up to the parents to decide. Uh, but the problem we face, and the courts are gonna have to grapple with this, is that on these highly politicized issues, the organized medical community has been completely corrupted. They are advocates. Mm -hmm. They are not merely treating physicians. And so when the different associations um, come in and say, no, this is a good thing, we must affirm a confused nine-year-old, um, the parents or the activists here wanted the court to defer to that. And so it was a level at what level of review is a court going to make of these things? And basically what the 11th Circuit said is, you haven't pointed us to a single case which has ever established that there is a constitutional right to give your child life-altering puberty blockers and hormones. And that was really the issue of what level of review would a court apply to this? And the district court applied a higher level of review, meaning a more more uh, rev intense review of it, as right. opposed to is it is there a rational basis for it, which is what the 11th Circuit applied. And they said, yes, there is a rational basis for this. Well, let me ask you two questions um, as, as a legal expert that, that you are. Um, well, I'll start with one, and I'll probably forget the second one. H have we gotten to a point in our country with just the way the, the court system is always figuring out a way to do what the court wants to do? And, and I'll, I'll explain it a little bit. Because um, my view is, I used to be a, a legislator here in the state of, state of Alabama, and it, it seems as if that if a, a medical association says, oh, no, this is this is great, we love this, or 
an environmental organization says, oh, no, we love this, or you go find some professors at the local university that says, oh, no, we absolutely believe in that this is causing climate change or, or whatever, that somehow the courts have decided that they have some sort of innate power that the state constitution doesn't give them, the U.S. constitution doesn't give them, and they will literally defer to those quote-unquote experts instead of whatever a legislature or Congress passes. And in my understanding of our government, how we the people works, is the, the legislature has the authority to pass terrible legislation, legislation that could be completely scientifically wrong, but that's the proper seat of power in government. And what I don't understand is why some of these judges are starting to go, look, I know you passed that law. I know you did everything constitutionally like you have to. I don't necessarily like that law. I'm going to say, well, y'all shouldn't have done it because the medical association or the psychological association says says something different. Uh, it seems like they're having to do a lot of acrobatics to get there. Well, it depends on the judge. I, I, I wouldn't take a broad brush on that, but that is one of the complaints. And that's one of the fights we have over judges in the U.S., particularly at the Supreme Court level. Is mm-hmm. At what point? Are they going to become advocates or at what point are they going to sit back and say, look, we will only interfere with something if it's a clear violation of, of the Constitution. And, and it's not our job to decide public policy. And right. so you've seen that many things. And that's what all the fights are over for Supreme Court justices. And so in this case, I think the court got it right. The court said, look, as long as there's a rational basis for this, it's not our job to interfere in what the state of Alabama has passed as a law. Now, if there was no rational basis for it, then that would be a, a different story. The opponents were saying, no, you need a higher level of scrutiny of this because you're infringing on parental rights. And, of course, there's never been, as the court pointed out, a parental right to harm your child. Okay, mm-hmm. that's, that's the issue here. And so the advocates of medical intervention or gender confusion uh, in children have tried to make this into a parents' rights movement or parents' rights issue. Uh, So they've kind of taken an issue that mostly was used by conservatives and tried to flip it, okay, and and used it for themselves. And and basically the the issue is, does a parent have a constitutional right to give a child child uh, puberty blockers, you know, a completely natural progression and healthy progression of the human body are you going to stop it uh, and are you going to take a biological male and give him female hormones or vice versa i mean these are really morbid sort of things and you know like you said if you're an adult and you want to harm yourself within limit um you know our society lets you do that you know yeah, knock yourself but, out you know but when you're you can't do that to a nine-year-old confused child uh, or a seven-year-old confused child. Uh, that you know that child's in in need of protection. And if the state has a rational basis for protecting that child, and you have no clear constitutional right otherwise, uh, you know you may have a constitutional right to raise your child in a particular religion, okay? But you don't have a you know a, a, the constitutional right to do physical damage to your child. And that shouldn't be controversial because every state, and I assume Alabama has it too as, you know, Child Protective Services, as a Mm -hmm. whole infrastructure to protect children 
from physical abuse by adults, even particularly their parents. So why would this be an exception to that policy? There's no no basis for that. And so, you know, but this is really horrible stuff. And the medical authorities, unfortunately, the medical associations, and I've seen this in other contexts, uh, particularly when it comes to use of race in medical treatment, that they have been completely taken over by activists. It's unbelievable what has happened in the medical community. And now that those groups are taken over by activists, they, the other activists then cite these groups as authority for it. <laughs> of course, so, it works out perfectly, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a complete self-fulfilling prophecy. Have your activists take over some, and I don't want to name any group because I might get it wrong, but some medical group, uh, and then your activists bring a lawsuit, and who do they cite? They cite the medical group they've already taken over as the authority right. for it. Because I'm taking over a medical group called the, uh, the Southern Medical Association. And uh, I have decided that me eating desserts at every meal is actually healthy and good for me. <laughs> and um, the, the medical association I took over has recently voted to say that. And so y'all should all eat desserts at every meal. Let me ask you another question from a legal standpoint, because I, I'm not a lawyer, but when I was in the legislature, a lot of times the lawyers would kind of give me this, well, you just don't understand how the judicial system works, that kind of look. Um, we get this 11th Circuit decision for the state of Alabama, and then two days ago, a federal judge blocks part of Georgia's ban on, ban on gender-affirming care. Um, I thought judges were supposed to kind of look at precedent and say, hey, look, they just, they just said this. How, do, how does the legal community... How do they do what's going on in Georgia? I don't know if you've looked at that, but I would—I thought the Eleventh Circuit covered Georgia. Yeah, I'm gonna have to double check that. I pushed it too, but they ever since they broke up the Fifth Circuit, it, I sometimes forget. But the point is, a judge at a district court should follow the authority of the appellate court in its, um, you know, circuit. That's what uh, I thought, I William. Know, we got to take know. a break, brother. But if if you can stay over, that'd be wonderful. I think it's a fascinating conversation. If you got to go, I understand. But uh, we got to take a quick break. You can. Fantastic. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. William Jacobson is with us. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. By the way, we are powered by 1819 News, and if you have not done so already, go consider checking out 1819news.com. While you're there, sign up to support them, become a member, because 1819 News is your citizen-supported truth-teller, shining the light on what's happening in the state, uncovering corruption, celebrating the good, the bad, and the ugly. No, the good, the true, and the beautiful. <laughs> it just makes more sense when you say it the other way. Support nonprofit journalism that represents your values. Become an 1819 News member today. William Jacobson is with us. He is, goodness gracious, he's very... He's kind of a big deal. He's very highly he's rated, very respected. Cornell University law professor, founder of the conservative news blog, Legal Insurrection. Go, uh... You know what I think is the coolest thing about him? What? Is that he got canceled in 2020 for speaking out against and telling the history of Black Lives Matter. I mean, and yeah. that was that was oh, that took some to the courage. Some, what do you that, usually say? Some, some gumballs. Gum but he's so professional. I didn't want to talk about William and <laughs> like, not I'm say courage. William's like, I know why I live in Rhode Island, <laughs> not in Alabama. But William, we appreciate you being on, brother. And uh, I think Amy Beth Shaver has a question for you. Quick question: okay. Would you mind talking a little bit about 
what kind of damage and impact that puberty blockers are having on these kids that are trying to transition? Yeah, well, I think that uh, there's been a lot of obviously medical literature on that, and that's why they're scaling it back in the Scandinavian countries, which were the first mm -hmm. ones to utilize these. They found just bone structure, um, you know, particularly I think in women, creates weakened bones, um, creates obviously hair growth that may be irreversible, um, voice changes, vocal cord, you know, changes that are do not know come back and uh, there have been a number of there's a whole detransitioning movement uh, for people who went through these procedures as children and we're not talking about the surgical ones which are grotesque um, mm -hmm. but these have long term implications for someone's health and they are you know a lot of the people promoting this say oh it's totally reversible like just put your puberty on hold while you figure out you know who you are uh, but that's not true, and that's why the best test, the best place to look are the countries that did this long before we did and are now scaling it back, which is Scandinavia. Aren't some of these drugs the same ones that the leftist groups um, oppose us giving to convicted pedophiles? Aren't these some of the same drugs? And they, and they, they make they a different argument then. Yes, inhumane to give it to criminals, but uh, they want them to be given to children. I don't know if these are, I just don't know if these are the same as the so-called chemical castration drugs that, that people talk about. So I don't yes, know if these are the same ones, but they have much of the same impact, which is to change your biology. Right. So I have a question because in the first segment, you were talking a lot about these judges, and of course it's their job to enforce the Constitution. My fear is... And this is what I hear a lot. Well, the right to these hormone treatment and surgeries is a matter of life and possibly death for these kids. They cannot have a good life. They cannot live their life as they were meant to live. The suicide rates, they'll always claim and, you know, buy into that. So is there a fear, and it's my fear, that at some point, well, the Constitution gives you a right to life, liberty, and happiness, when does that, do you see that becoming an issue to open the floodgates across the nation, a, a federal something to allow these treatments and surgeries? Or do you think that we won't cross that path, even though that's what I hear? Like, this is a matter of life and death for these kids. Yeah, but the statistics show that's not true. Okay, they try to present it. If you don't give this to the kids, you're killing the kid. But statistically, that's not true. And in fact, again, let's look to Scandinavia, which is, has a lot more in earlier experience. They're not finding any significant decrease or, you know, change in suicide rates, you know, uh, for children who are not given these things. And, you know, that a lot of students, a lot of, you know, children who then grow up and regret what was done, they have a high suicide rate, too. So it's just a completely false way of looking at it. As to your other question, which is, is this where we're heading that is going to be federalized? If it's up to the Biden administration, absolutely. Okay. They are, I can't emphasize enough the horrible things that are happening in the medical community because they not only want to allow these drugs, they want to mandate them. They want to mandate 
that you have these interventions, and they use the use, euphemism gender-affirming care. But what does that really mean? That means very serious long-term medical interventions in children. And they're going to mandate it, and they're going to hold doctors, and they're going to do it in part through these medical associations, which are completely mm-hmm. captive right now. And they're mm-hmm. going to start revoking licenses for any yes. doctor who doesn't do these treatments. And they're going to say that you are committing malpractice by not prescribing these drugs. And so that's where we're heading, and we're heading there very fast. It's going to be done in part through the medical associations and the licensing authorities. It's going to be done in part through, you know, federal funding. They'll try to put in conditions as to what, you know, hospitals, when they get federal funding, and they all do. I mean, they can't live without federal funding. They'll start to do it that way. So this is a really, you know... I don't want to sound like you know, the, the world is ending, but mm. when it comes to protecting children, we're heading very fast in a very bad direction. I guess this is just a good reminder to everybody that's listening, whether you're in Alabama, whatever state. This is why you cannot have activist judges, why who you vote for this for your state Supreme Court, who is appointed matters. Mm-hmm. That's the only chance if this goes the way that he that he is saying there might there's going to be a federal push for this and the only way we maybe protect ourselves is through states courts and uh, it's terrifying to think about what's happening well, it, it but really is. states uh, states asserting their authority um that they have over the health and welfare of their residents including the child residents of the state um and then you need the federal courts just not to intervene not to get in the way right you don't need the federal judges to do anything affirmative um, and you don't need Congress to do anything affirmative. You just need to take control of, of the health and welfare, which is state, you know, something within the purview of the states, of the citizens of your state. Uh, and uh, again, I think drawing the line between barring these medications, um, not for medical purposes, so they, they can be prescribed, but it has to be a medical reason, not a psychiatric reason. Yes. And that makes perfect sense. Done, yeah. William, last thing, and we've got less than a minute, and we appreciate you being on so much, and people need to go out check check out his blog, Legal Insurrection. Um, these folks in the, these medical associations, the people in the Biden administration, they can look at all the same data that you look at from the Scandinavian countries. They know what they're telling the American people are lies. So why, why do they keep doing it? Because it's an ideology. I mean, it is a bizarre ideology that has taken over um, so much of the medical and psychiatric community. Uh, And it's almost a religious fervor that, Mm. you know, let kids develop how they develop. But it's a very activist approach of trying to persuade kids that they're going to feed on that. Appreciate it, buddy. Great job. We'll have you you on again, hopefully in the future. William Jacobson from Cornell University Law. We'll be back. About the website from our last guest, but it's legalinsurrection.com. Very good website. It's by the really way. Y'all need website. to go check it out. Legal Insurrection. If you can't spell insurrection, join the club. It's all good. It'll get you there, right? Just start typing in the little the Googles and it'll it'll go there. The um there we go. So let's go out to the phones. Let's go to Larry. Larry, welcome to the program. Thank you for listening. Well, I appreciate you letting me talk. I've been yes, holding this long because I'm an old fart. I've got a question. Yes, sir. Why is, why is all of a sudden all these kids having to take hormones when I grew up back in the 50s and 60s? None of this was a problem. 
Why is it a problem now? It is a social contagion. Yep. The people who advocate for this, um, the people in the LGBTQXYZ666 community began the movement and they put it on social media. They went out and told young people who were, you know, generally confused and wondering about their future and not comfortable with their bodies and all this kind of stuff. A lot, a lot of young girls who used to have eating disorders. They would have bulimia or anorexia, and that's kind of just really dropped off. If you remember, Larry, that used to be the big problem. Well, that's kind of magically gone away, kind of like the flu when COVID came. And now they've replaced it with this, oh, you you probably should have been a boy. And I, I personally believe it is a social contagion. It has been caused by our society and the people who are preying on our children. And there, there's really no other way around it. It cannot be a genetic thing because the numbers are just astronomical. It's the power of suggestion. You know, yes. like, oh, I had a bad day. I don't feel like I fit in. Right. You know, at school, I feel different. Oh, well, maybe you're actually not a boy. You're right. a girl. Well, I've, what? I've, I've, I've never heard of such crap in my life. This well, is unreal. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, back then we'd get our ass whipped. But anyway, I'm going to let you go. I just figured I, I can't understand it, and I hope you can explain it to me. Well, thanks, Larry. I hope I hope I gave it a pretty good shot. I really think kids are just being convinced that the the how do you say it? Just the not the nervousness. The the all all young people face those challenges. Anxiety. Who who am I? You know, what's my future going to be like? People don't like me. I don't have any friends. I'm tired. You know, you're going through all this stuff, and somebody comes along and says, "Well, you know, it could be." And it's just the kind of the cool, hip thing. I mean, you're special. And it's, it's sad, really, what they're doing to people. But uh, we as a society, we uh, on, on our side, the people who aren't whacked in the head, seem to be afraid to call a spade a spade and to stand for truth and to just say, look, this is, y'all are doing it to people yeah. and it's got to stop. Yep. That's what is so disgusting and evil is that it's the adults in these kids' worlds. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go to like a school counselor or a teacher or someone that you're supposed to look up to and trust, they're the adults. They've mm -hmm. lived more. They have more experience. And that's what you're told to respect and that they have all these this knowledge that you don't have. And those people in your life are telling you you may be trapped in the wrong body. And that's the, the right. source of all of your problems. Instead of saying, you know what? We live in a fallen world. God made you perfect. We all right. have things that we have to yeah, deal there's with. There's a purpose for your life. Right. And, and everybody has challenges. How can I help you with your challenges? Right. I mean, you know, Abigail Schreier wrote that book, How the Transgender Craze is Seducing Our Daughters. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting here thinking today how very sad the classrooms must be, though they promise hope at the Acceptance Academy. Mm -hmm. But what is their answer? for the kids other than surgery and drugs. I mean, do you realize that they are getting no answers, but they are fomenting this idea that they are on the wrong body? Like, I can't imagine as a kid how deep down in their heart they must know, I'm really no better than I was when I started this school. Yeah. Like, they said this will be a place for me to come and be safe. Right. Really? No, without the hope of the gospel, what help are they really getting? 
And it is such a cruel thing. But I think you've got the onset of social media that is really affecting especially girls. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the mental health crisis that skyrocketed. Um, before 2012, there was no information on girls transitioning. None at all. Right. And then suddenly it's all over the place. And then you look, and I think you saw this article a couple weeks ago. I don't know if it was in the New York Times about how many of this younger generation are identifying as gay or as transgender. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really is unbelievable, but my heart goes back to the original story we started with today, the LGBTQ group, the grant that they've received, the Magic City Acceptance Academy here in Birmingham, and how much they need the hope of the gospel, that they are perfect the way that they are, and yet they're being put into a disastrous situation that is only going to end badly for them. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is the cruelest form mm -hmm. of abuse of all. It just doesn't it break your heart? Yeah, and that's such a good point because I was thinking I follow the Magic City Acceptance Center on on Instagram just to kind of see what's going on, and um, they're always coming up with new ideas, new support groups, new you know yoga for Black and Brown people only. Uh, really? Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I mean all these things. Well, that's good because that, I'm not very flexible. That so. they keep trying. Because <laughs> did you know yoga is just for white people? Is it really? Yeah, so it's for, hiking. I thought it was for Asian people. Didn't it come oh, from yeah. over there? Yeah. Did we take it? Did we culturally appropriate it? Well, yes, in we America. Did, we did? Yeah, hmm. we did. What about hiking? That was all hiking. pasties with people from Switzerland and stuff, right? I... <laughs> uh, how did it? The big horn. <laughs> you want to go on a hike? We got from Sweden. Anyway, I was saying something <laughs> serious, but China. they're always coming <laughs> up with... That was from Frozen when oh, they go into gotcha. it. Anyway. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> and the coffee just spewed. Okay, I'm going back to my serious okay, thought. Serious. My serious ahead, thought, serious. what you were saying, Abs, is that yes, they're always coming up with like the next thing that's going to fix them, the next, mm -hmm. the next non-gender dance that's going to that's going to fix them, the next right. community outreach thing that's going to fix them, and there's no consistency. It's always reaching for something more because they cannot be fulfilled with that message and that. So there has, to, there has to always be float. a new Band-Aid yeah. on the wound that will not heal. Mm, yeah. That'll preach right there. Ooh. I mean, because you Ooh. think about it, and then when you think about the adults the that have come in. And in think about, I was thinking about this earlier. It's so ironic that they, this group of people, this whole activist generation of LGBTQ people, the teachers, the parents, all of them, and now the judges, now the medical association, they want to for us to stay out of their wombs, and yet they demand that we invite them into our classrooms, mm. and they won't let it go. I mean, they're demanding acceptance wherever they go, and so when are we, I really pray, I really pray as parents and all these education groups that are rising up as parents saying we're not terrorists, we're fighting for our kids, fight back. And even medical doctors go to the medical associations and judges who are conservative go to those organizations because everybody has their own organization and say, what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Like logic says, if you have to chop something off, that, that's not right. Like it's right. very simple. I mean, really and truly boiling it down to its original essence, it's simple. Mm -hmm. It's nonsensical and it's wicked. Have y'all seen the lady on the internet? She has a really good question where she says, if this is not all about, if gender 
is not about body parts. I saved it last night. Did you really? I got so it. Good. Do you want to play it on the other side? Yeah, yes. we'll, we'll play that on the other side. You don't want to miss it. We'll have that coming up. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I'm Scott Beeson. Amy Beth Shavers here. Allison Sinclair. Sky Mosley. Big Dave. Jeeves. Everybody it takes to put this program on across most of the state of Alabama is here today. And we appreciate you being a part of the program as well. We have a couple of phone lines open if there's anything you want to talk about. We've discussed, well, we started discussing the second place presidential debate last night. Then we had our special guest on from Cornell Law discussing the 11th Circuit's smackdown of the federal judge in the state of Alabama upholding what Alabama is doing to protect children from the insanity that has come upon us. And and I'm sorry. I I wish there was a nicer way to say these things. And I think we limited ourselves um, as conservatives, as just people with common sense over the past few years by not being willing to speak the truth. By trying to figure out a way to say, well, you know, other people think, well, I don't know, I love you. Instead of just saying, y'all crazy, y'all are cray cray, bat crap crazy. Why am I even listening to what you say? Hmm. And we really, we should have done that a long time ago. We would have been much better off. A few of us could have said that. The crazies would have stopped. We would have put it down. But no, we niced our way. We were tolerant all the way to the point of little kids being damaged for the whole rest of their lives. Now, I want to ask a, a touchy question. Let's, let's play the clip first that Allison was, um, I was going to say my version of it, but I wanted y'all to be able to hear it. And uh, I think it's a very good question as we move forward when we're talking about all this gender confusion and so-and-so needs to be changed and made into another person. They need to have... You know, a chopectomy or an add to me. <laughs> you remember Rush Limbaugh used to call that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I probably can't even say it. Scott, do you remember it? I do. Let's okay, <laughs> all right. I probably shan't say it here today. I want to keep all of our uh, affiliates, you know, happy with me. I'm not exactly to Rush's status yet. He can get away with saying things that I cannot. But, um, so here's a good question. You think it's going to play? Let's see. I yeah, it's going to play. I mean, as I'm much as good. y'all play with those phones, y'all should be experts at knowing how to, to make those button, work. Though. To make it play? I think you just, oh, you want to play it? Play it? Like, for yeah, real? Yeah, for Over real. Wait, thing? you said it. You want to oh, do on. it? You're struggling. Well, you said to okay, plug it got, off. You got and it I thought you up. wanted to, my Bible reading was playing in the background. Well, that was good. Yeah. You need it. Look at y'all. A lot of it. Okay, let's do it again. Okay, I'm turning you on. Okay. If genitals don't indicate gender, then why do they need to get cut off and changed to be a different gender? Make that one make sense to me. That's pretty rough. Hmm. If If genitals don't indicate gender, what you you were born with doesn't tell your gender. Then why do you need to swap them out? And how many options do you get when you have gender reassignment surgery? Mm. Uh, One. One other one. So there's two. There's two. One plus one still is two. Yes. Do do you ever wonder who invented the whole gender assigned at birth? Like, who invented that pap? Do you know what I'm saying? I did. I mean, am I lying? You're not lying. Satan. Well, we're being monitored. Y'all think it's just the CIA and the big government. No, it goes beyond them. It's above their pay grade. I mean... 
Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Do your voice. He's, do your voice. Push your button, Scott. No. Push your button. I wasn't me. It. it was it was really a it voice from the, little, from the sky. No, go ahead. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I mean, do you think like I sometimes you just wonder what people are thinking. Like gender assigned at birth. Gab. Mm-hmm. Like the first time somebody invented that and they wrote it down, do you think they went <laughs> and now they're like <laughs> they're like nobody they No, it. their friend said nobody's gonna buy that. They said, Hey uh, Jill, what do you think? I'm, I came up with this new term, gender assigned at birth, and she went <laughs> no, nobody's gonna buy it. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. No, no, we're gonna we're gonna get the big media media groups to uh go along with it. We'll get the doctors to do it. I mean, it's gonna be great. It'll be on all your passport forms. At birth. Sorry, I'm eating a Starburst. That's okay. I mean, look, it's not a professional program. (laughs) (laughs) we got to take a break. Oh, we'll be back. We are back, everybody. Welcome to Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We appreciate you listening. This is the third half of the program. It's been kind of a... It's been an eventful day. A lot of people weighing in, and it's a follow-up Friday. It's a free-for-all Friday. And if you want to call in and just tell what you think, I do think people have a little bit. Did Urbanite say Trump fatigue? Yes. I have Trump fatigue. But the problem is Donald Trump, look, he's no longer Donald Trump. He's not. And I know a number of people have said this for the past few months, but he is not Donald Trump. All these things have nothing to do with the person of Donald Trump. He has become a symbol. He's not, he's not, I don't care if he, if he had multiple wives. I don't care if he tweets mean things. I don't care if he is bombastic. I don't care if he stretches and says, it's been the greatest ever. It's been also the greatest, greatest administration. I don't care about getting in the debates about whether that's right or wrong. Did, did, did Mexico really pay for the wall? All that stuff. I don't. He is, he has become a symbol of trying to put America back to where it should be, where it should have always stayed. He has become, how do we make America great again? And that's really the difference. One half of the country believes you make America great again by focusing on the founding principles, um, a return to the things, what Christendom has taught us, a proven model that makes things better for the quote-unquote regular man and woman. That's, that's one vision. And the other vision is some sort of new socialist utopia. If we'll just tear down the old country, we'll have this new, great, wonderful um, social justice equity, diversity, just this this experiment and it's going to be awesome and yes it failed everywhere else they tried it in the world but we're smarter and we have more money you know what? I do think they understand it though the people on the left they basically believe that they can start their utopia because regular regular Americans men and women will just keep pulling the plow for them because it's so ingrained into who we are. That's why we put up with the tax rates that we do. Mm-hmm. That's why so many Americans don't pay attention to politics because they're too busy doing the things they're supposed to do to make their lives as good as they can possibly make them. They're volunteering at the school. They're volunteering at the church. They're volunteering at the ballpark. They're minding their own business and they just keep paying and keep pulling. And that's why these utopians believe it'll work in America 
because they think the horses, we the horses, will just keep pulling. Mm -hmm. And we've not given them any reason to think that we won't. Because we just keep working. I don't understand because we are a nation that was founded by absolute rebels. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's not in our nature to just go along to get along. It's not in our nature to just keep taking it and bow down to whatever Washington or the big government sends us. So how did we get here? I mean, the only thing I can think is that their programming is working over mm-hmm. tens of hundreds. I don't know how long all this communist stuff has been mm-hmm. just slowly seeping in. Mm-hmm. And they, now we don't even been, question. They've been reprogramming Americans since at least the mid 60s. I think it's before that, but yes. I I think so, and I think the idea that not only have they been reprogramming culture, but they invaded our church, Mm -hmm. and they started with the talk of social justice back in the late 60s, early 70s. Oh, no, I'm going to agree with that. So we'll probably go back to the progressive movement, Mm -hmm. because the progressive movement dropped squarely in the church in the early 1900s, dropped squarely politically early 1900s, and they started undermining those things. I found the article. Oh, my gosh. I told you all about this multiple times. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on. Hold on. I even saved it for y'all. There is, golly, I brought, um, here it is. Let's see if I can get the download. I brought the manual, but I don't remember what page it is. But it was from the 1928 Army Training Manual, where it's explaining how why democracy is bad. But soon after that is when they started changing the wording, and even the military training manuals started referring to the country as a democracy. Before that, all the guys in the military were taught that it was a republic, and a democracy was a bad thing. But that same progressive movement had Mm -hmm. infiltrated the government infiltrated the military and they began to change the definitions even in the army training manuals. And it's one of the things I was taught or saw a long time ago that shows that they have been doing these things incrementally and on purpose for decades and decades and decades. Mm -hmm. And now we're we're reaping all those things that have been sown for over a hundred years. And maybe we just don't know. Maybe we don't know our heritage. Maybe we don't realize Mm -hmm that the founders were were rebels, rebellious, who who were saying, Hey, you're not gonna you're not gonna be in charge of us. What was the thing? Um, no no king but King Jesus. Mm-hmm. I have no king but Jesus. I mean imagine saying that today. Mm-hmm. They would automatically you're a crazy person. Crazy right wing Christian fundamentalist nut job. And that was part of our fabric. And we just kind of lost it. Maybe we just don't know who we are. I don't think we know who we are, and I think that comes along with we don't know what the Bible says about who we are, but you're right. I think I should weigh back up because I think we were talking about earlier in the week, you have that moment in time at the French Revolution where a lot of things happen, then you scoot up and you get to the 1800s and you have Karl Marx, and then you have the Frankfurt School, you have Margaret Sanger scooting up into Mm -hmm. the early 1900s. So you have all this horrible, all these horrible things kind of happening French Revolution, then the mid 1800s, and then you move up into the night, you know, into the 1900s. And you're right; it is the language did begin to change. I think I only realized that communism started here in the 50s, 
when, you know, all of it was exposed in Hollywood and what was going on there. And so this idea, even that today we're using language like, how often have you heard this? And I was listening to James Lindsay and not just as a plug for tonight, I was listening to him yesterday. That language, we all use the language. How often in Alabama out of Kay Ivey's mouth have you heard workforce development? Mm -hmm. And you begin to go, oh my gosh, have I used those words? And you use words, care for your neighbor. We all use that during COVID, but that origin is a communist origin. Mm -hmm. And so it is, it's ubiquitous. And that's another reason why I'm glad we're, God's given us this opportunity to tell the truth and to like parse through that dictionary of terrible language that has terrible implications, but we say it because we don't know really what we're saying. And that's, that's terrifying. Did y'all notice, and it just dawned on me, because C.J. Pearson, who we've had on the show, but he did a, um, he and I think his name's Xavier, did a post-debate thing on Fox News kind of analysis, and he posted a picture on his social media. And I didn't notice it during the debate, but the stage said for the Fox News Republican presidential debate, Democracy 24. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, there right. it goes. There they are. There, there it is. It's even on our side, you know, the side that we think is supposed to know the history, that's supposed to be the rebels, that's supposed to defend the Constitution and, and the way this country was founded and Democracy 24. Mm-hmm. And we all just go, yes, yes, and okay. I had to pause because my column this weekend is about COVID and the, have we actually learned our lesson? I had started out writing about Daniel and the original mm-hmm. civil, this original guy in the Bible, the OG of civil disobedience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish we could go back and even revisit that, which I'll revisit at, at another date. But I thought, oh my gosh, we don't even know in the church that that idea there is okay when the civil magistrates come against God's law. We have a duty and a responsibility. And that's why what's happening to Trump right now and what's happening to our country matters so much because it's either lies or the truth is gonna go forth. And the truth is with God and the lies are with man and it goes to hell in a handbasket real quick. That's why we have to fight back. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we're fatigued of Trump and he is like exhausting. Right. But he's fighting for us. Yep. And it's not him anymore. It is he, not him he anymore. Is embodying he is the icon. Us. He is. So 1928, you'll, you'll love this, Allison. Page 91 of the 1928 Army Manual, Republic. Authority is derived through the election by the people of public officials best fitted to represent them. Attitude toward property is respect for laws and individual rights and a sensible economic procedure. And it goes on down. It says a greater number of citizens and extent of territory may be brought within its compass, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It avoids the dangerous extreme of either tyranny or mobocracy. Mm. Where, where is that taught today? Mm. A republic results in statesmanship, liberty, reason, one of the things we're not supposed to have, reason, justice, contentment, and progress. In the standard form of government throughout the world, a republic is a form of government under a constitution which provides for the election of, et cetera, et cetera. And this is when it gets funny. Take away any one or more of those four elements and you are drifting to autocracy. Add one or more to those four. Add more stuff to the four elements of a republic and you are drifting into a democracy. Mm. 
where it's, it's warning the guys in the military in 1928 mm. to avoid autocracies and avoid democracy. Superior to all others, autocracy declares the divine right of kings. Its authority cannot be questioned. Its powers are arbitrarily or unjustly administered. Democracy is the, quote, direct rule of the people and has been repeatedly tried without success. Mm. Wow. And then we have those numb knuckleheads putting Democracy 2024 on the presidential debate. When in 1928, our guys in the military and women were being taught. Our constitutional fathers, familiar with the strength and weaknesses of both autocracy and democracy, with fixed principles definitely in mind, defined a representative Republican form of government. They made a very marked distinction between a republic and a democracy and said repeatedly and emphatically that they had founded a republic. Madison and the Federalists emphasized the fact that this government was a republic and not a democracy. The Constitution markers have considered both an autocracy and a democracy as undesirable forms of government, while a republic promises the cure for which we are seeking. Mm. That's humbling. Are you going to send that to us? <laughs> it's amazing. Madison also said, in a democracy, the people meet and exercise the government in person. In a republic, they assemble and administer it by their respective agents. Mm. Hmm. So remember, the, 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 and we're kind of taught it. Well, we're a representative democracy. They, they, they kind of they change it a little bit at a time, and we just don't pay attention to it. Mm. Until they decide, well, whatever the mob decides mm -hmm. is what we're going to do. But that's 1928. For the folks who think they started doing this just recently, well, they've been doing it for a long, long time. Yes, they have. And they didn't tire. They just kept working, working. And it is, it is a big splinter dug deep into the body of the country. And it's going to take us a long time to dig it out. Mm -hmm. We just got to keep digging. And it's going to be painful to get it out. And we have brothers and sisters who don't have the stomach for digging it out. Mm -mm. I can't see. I can't look. I can't look. Oh, you, you've got a needle out. You've got a scalpel out. You're a meanie. That's exactly where we are. But those of us who care about the country, those of us who genuinely love our children and grandchildren, if you have them, know we've got to put the work in to get the splinters out. Welcome back into the program, everybody. It's the second half of the show. Today is the 28th day of August, a Monday here in the year of our Lord, 2023. So we were talking about, we started off with just saying how disingenuous the press is, how disingenuous many of our officials are, elected officials, and they will, they will slice and dice words and pretend like they didn't say this, they didn't say that, when they actually did. They, they will tell us that we are... We're incorrect that so-and-so Scott said, 1819 News said, Allison said, Ab said, that's not correct. Knowing that what the, the premise was accurate, but maybe the actual words, they've kind of changed them or like spying and surveilling being different things. I just, it's, it's fascinating to me. And, and I don't know, what does that come from, Allison? Is that the, the hoity-toity, oh, I'm educated in spycraft and you don't know? Kind of like the lawyers no, do. You know, where they're like, well, that word doesn't mean that. Oh, no, it does. It does mean that. No, I think it's a total Marxist ploy of the left. Just like it's not, we don't have CRT in our schools anymore. We have 
diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yes. You yes. know, it's yes. all it's all a semantics game, and that's how they get away. It's not Common Core. It's Alabama standards. It's a sleight of hand. No, Mm -hmm. it's Common Core. You just change the name. Right. And it's just a tactic that they use. And Mm -hmm. most people, less than in the past, are like, oh, yeah, okay, it's not CRT. Right. And, you know, it's, what is it now? Comprehensive sex education. Right. What? So anyway, right? It's grooming. It's grooming. Yeah, <laughs> they, call, they call it that. Yeah. And I've, I've tried to explain it to people at times and say, no, it is. It is literally taking the badging off a Toyota truck, yeah, and putting Ford logos on it and swearing it's a Ford. That's exactly that it. is that is what they do. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely a Toyota truck. We called it a Toyota truck, and then they say, well, no, no. <laughs> Has Ford? It says Ford on it right there. You big dummy. That's that is exactly what they do. And just, they say it so convincingly that most of the people are like, mm-hmm. "Oh my gosh, I never saw it." Right. But you're so right. I see. That it is a Ford. Ford. Yes. It, 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 and all my friends said it was a Ford, and yeah. I did my research. And then you and post the, on Facebook. I have a Ford. Yes. I didn't know. It's exactly. It's exactly what happened. It's very true. Which it also happened in another story this weekend, but. We'll get to that in a minute, but with Wayne Reynolds, so who clearly lied. Now, this was last year. What's the last this year's story? This is last year when Wayne Reynolds, as you know, when I did my Wayne Reynolds voice, mm-hmm. um, asked everyone to post their CRT SEL stories because he promised right. that there was nothing going on in the schools. So Allison is one to take people up on their promises, mm-hmm. and she had the receipts already. Mm-hmm. Because she knew exactly what was going on and asked people to post. And Allison, what well, had happened yeah, he, was... He literally put out in this big, huge Facebook group, you know, anyone asserting that right. CRT or, you know, queer theory or all these things... Right. Which is Alabama what you schools. would do if you actually knew, I've got the goods, these people are making it up. Right. Show it to... Because we've been asking for this on the elections. Yes. Yeah. Just, you know, just let us see it all. Just put it out there. Don't don't downplay it. Let us see it all. Let us hear all the testimony. Let us see all the facts. And if we're wrong, good deal. Well, he said, you know, anybody that is making statements and asserting that these things are in our schools, I am a board of education member for the state of Alabama. I know they're not. And you need to prove right. and back up what you're saying. So... They did go backwards about a year during COVID where everything went online. I'm sitting by my daughter who's 15 Mm -hmm. and she's in health. It's a driver's ed health. You know, you take semesters. Right, right, right. Half and half. She's at a Shelby County, Alabama school. And I'm sitting by her. She's working on a health test and it's all about blood alcohol level, drinking and driving, all the things, which are Mm -hmm. things to learn. Well, I'm sitting there and I'm watching her take this test and she's just clicking through and we were watching something outside, you know, on TV. We had nothing to do. And I looked down and I'm like, do a double take because it's a, it's about drivers and, and blood alcohol level, mm-hmm. except I see the word sexual. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the hell, county? Right. And the question that is in the middle of her health test is drinking excessively either A, increases your sexual pleasure, B, decreases your sexual pleasure, C, has no effect on your sexual pleasure. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, what does that have to do with the state level 
for your blood alcohol level if you're right. drinking and driving. Right. And she just kind of clicked through, and I'm like, that is terrifying that it didn't even register to her, which tells me they get asked this stuff all the time. Right. So several of us who had screenshots of these things in Alabama education curriculum started posting them on Facebook for Wayne Reynolds because he asked for them. He asked for them, yes. He said, please submit these. He starts deleting our comments, blocks me on Facebook, blocks everybody else that was posting things on Facebook, and then removes the post. Really? Yes, See, I never knew yes, this happened. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. How did you not know that? And well, maybe then I wasn't paying attention to you when you were talking to I yeah, wrote probably. about this because parents were outraged that this was happening. Mm-hmm. I went on Joey's show, and I used to mm-hmm. talk in, about my down columns down in, down in each week with Joey. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about that. I'm headed to do some work out of town that day. So I vividly remember, because I was furious for Allison, for all the parents that were like, what the hell county is going on? Mm-hmm. So after he shut this down, I write the op-ed. Then somebody reaches out to Allison, another hoity-toity, as you know, har har har. Let's high get up together. In the education Very system. high up, and they have the transcript of my interview. Really? With them when they go to lunch with Allison. Okay. And I can't go because I'm working out of town that day. So this person brings the transcript of all the things I had written about. As if she's trying to prove that what Allison said or did was incorrect, and it wasn't, and she couldn't prove that we were lying about what had happened and what had unfolded. Right. And so I don't even remember what happened as a result of that lunch because it was kind of terrifying. Well, I basically got called to the principal's office, you know, for Mm -hmm. alleging that these things were out there, and she wanted to have a discussion about it, just like Wayne Reynolds. But the discussion wasn't... I'm really interested. We need to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, we need to work on this. Let's sure, listen to parents. Right. Let's. It was basically to shut me up and say these things aren't happening. And that's what th- this whole other thing with Wayne Reynolds. I mean, is he really a leftist? Is he really for these things? Because he covers up a lot for what's going on in Alabama schools. This is who we are electing to make these decisions. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the LGBTQ activists that they put in charge of the Ivy appointed to be in charge of the K through three literature ELA textbook. Right. And he had written the paper about how to, you know, advocate for LGBTQ issues in the classroom. Right. And so you have this pattern, not only of lying and of them trying to shut us down. And oh, by the way, they showed up on Friday night to hear James Lindsay. Oh, did they, they sent the top AEA lobbyist in the state of Alabama. Really? <laughs> to see what James Lindsay had to say. Okay. I would like to let you know that one Brian Dawson throttled them um, while he was making his opening remarks, which power to the people, man. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. I, I was surprised I, that they stayed. I actually leaned over to James Lindsay because they had filmed a podcast before, which will be coming out on Wednesday. And I was like, what did you say to him? Because he, and I didn't he know the AA was lobbyist agitated, was there. Maybe little beads like of sweat. Really? Like he on was fire like I've never mad. seen. He was really mad. So they're here watching us. And so Allison and I are, of course, together because mm-hmm. this is what happens to mm-hmm. us now. We're Wonder Twins. Mm-hmm. And um, so you've got that pattern that they're here watching us. But what you have have is a repetitive pattern of lying of these men like Wayne Reynolds and also in a moment when we talk about Scott Harris saying that you little people, you have gotten out over your skis and you don't know what you're talking about, you big dummies. 
we are the only ones who know what the truth is. And you're going to drive that remade beautiful Ford truck and you're going to love it. Mm -hmm. So shut up and and let the thinking happen with us. And y'all just Mm -hmm. do what we say. Just do what we say. Because we are the elites. We are the elites. And oh, by the way, we're going to smear and slander you on the way, just like they did during COVID. We're going to smear and slander you on the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, these are the people that we're dealing with in the state of Alabama. And essentially, in the words of uh, Will Ferrell and Elf, they are lying liars who lie, and they smell <laughs> like beef and cheese. <laughs> that, That's so deep. It's just, I mean, it's just so astounding. And I guess the, I guess the, the apologies are coming, or henceforth, or maybe there was an apology that says, "Oops, our bad." Never. But see, this is the other thing I learned from James Lindsay the other night. uh, Two things. I learned who Mm -hmm. they were. Mm -hmm. And I also learned (sighs) there's no sense in fighting with these people. And I think I came to the conclusion that from now on, if they call me a white nationalist, I might just say, you know what? If you say I am, yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. Because there's no negotiating. I'm not. But like... Okay, whatever. So if you finally say, yes, I'm a domestic terrorist. I go to school Mm -hmm. boards and I speak up for my children. You're right. 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 I am a domestic terrorist. Uh You take all the power away from them because what they want you to do is to fight back with them. You're a racist. Now, I heard, what was his name? J.C. Jesse Kelly, Jesse. Yeah, I think he has a national talk show at Mm -hmm. night. And I heard him one day say, say something very similar to what you said, which was... He just just quit trying to defend himself. He says he'll go on, he'll be on these little, these... uh, not boards, but what do you call it? Panels. Mm-hmm. Be on a panel somewhere, and the leftists will say, um, you know, you're a, you're a racist. Because eventually they're going to run out of their argument, and they're going to say, you're a racist, you're a racist. And he said that, he, look, he, the gloves are off. He said, I'm, I'm, I don't try to defend myself. And he said, that's a mistake that we all make. We try to defend. He said, so I just, now they go, you're a racist. He says, fine, you're a pedophile. And just, he says, I just blow them up. Just say the most vile things I can say to them mm-hmm. because I'm not a racist and they just say it because they want to destroy me. Right. They want to shut me That's up. Right. So I'm just coming back with them with the, the worst things so they can uh, be on, we can all That's be on the same page. And That's it is a new tactic. And it was wonderful to hear James talk about the fact that he does the same thing. He's like, I don't argue with him. There is no, you know, we talked about this last year, but there is no meeting in the middle. And I think that's the part that scares believers and fellow conservatives that we have to do things like that. Yeah, you're a pedophile. I mean, because even the funny things that James puts in his um, descriptors in his Twitter bio is they're hilarious. I mean, there are some things he puts in there that I'm like, I don't even know how you came up with that. Right. But it's loud and proud. Like, this is who we are. Come at me, bro. Like, whatever. The fight is on. The fight is on. But it is a relief, isn't it? Mm -hmm. To go, oh, yeah, I don't have to convince you. I mean, I would love to be able to say, oh, no, you're right. I'm sorry. You just support pedophiles. Which and is just, great. And just leave it like that. I mean, we've got to take the fight to them. And unfortunately, too many of us, we don't understand not being able to come to a resolution. Some sort of compromise. Right. Can't we just all get True. along? Um, we just don't understand that. We, we, we're not used to dealing with people who they intend to win. And we don't. We don't understand it. We're unprepared for the battle that they are they are bringing to us every day. Most of us don't even know the fight is raging, mm. and they intend to win. And they do not take prisoners. 
And we're still trying to compromise. That's right. And it's either their side or our side. And and that Chris and I talked a lot about that this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be their worldview or our worldview. And they, they have been preparing for 50 years. Yeah. Maybe more. Maybe 100. Maybe 100 years. But mm-hmm. the the detail, the level of detail, the level of, level of planning that they have worked on blows my mind when you look at, you know, over history, I guess since the 1800s, really, that they have planned, that they've executed, and we're like, we should still be nice to them. That's such a good point, though, because normal, rational people who most of us are used to, in the past, dealing Mm -hmm. with, do want to find a compromise. I don't want to invalidate you. I'm not trying to tell you you can't believe what you believe, and so let's work together. But we're not dealing with normal, rational people anymore. We're dealing with people that you cannot negotiate with because you're negotiating with evil. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And so many of us still believe, well, can't we just... Let them be them, and we'll be us. You be you, and we'll be very libertarian. And, 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 and y'all, can we just all just do our own thing? The answer is no. They are not going to let us do our own thing. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on this episode of Alabama Unfiltered.